that I planned on doing today. Um, I reviewed my message last night. I said, this is not what we need right now. So we're going to post. So um, if you've got a bulletin with sermon notes on it, right on the back. Okay. Um, first of all, I, I sent out a letter this week. Um, you know, as this thing progressed, as they were talking about, um, you know, people should not gather together. Um, And it was a difficult decision. Um, The last thing we want, uh, we don't want a perception of the church as being negligent or irresponsible. So we encourage wisdom, we encourage prudence. um, And, you know, we have a number of people who aren't here today. And I think they decided for their, their own welfare and the potential that might exist that they stay away. I'm glad they made that decision. I'm glad you're here. Um, but let me share this with you that I, and many of you may have received the, this, some of you may have not, may not have, and so I want to share all with you again. Because our church family would be considered a high-risk population, they talk about, you know, people over the age 60, and we know that we have a lot of folks in our number who are dealing with health issues that go along with age, uh, because our church family would be considered a high-risk population due to age and associated health, health issues, it is wise and prudent that we be as proactive as possible in taking whatever precautionary measures necessary to ensure that we have done everything possible to minimize the potential of spreading the virus among our people while attending church functions. According to the CDC... The following precautions are recommended. Avoid personal contact with others. In other words, do not shake hands. Um, Do not give hugs. uh, Do not practice the holy kiss. You know, all that kind of stuff. Cover your mouth with your sleeve or a tissue when coughing or sneezing. Tissues are preferable because you can dispose of them after use. Use hand sanitizer and and they say it needs a 60% or higher alcohol level. The big pump jar of uh, container of hand sanitizer out here on the Welcome Center is 70% alcohol. So it meets the criteria. Or wash your hands often and for a duration of at least 20 seconds. Avoid touching your face, which is, you know, of course, my face is itched more than usual today. So. If you are sick or have health concerns that would put you at additional risk, please stay home. And obviously, a number of our people have made that decision. Our custodian is making extra effort to clean and disinfect. I actually called the senior center this week as uh, some advice that was given to me. Um, And uh, all they were doing was additional cleaning and disinfecting. I've since been told that everything in Longmont like that has been shut down now. All those public places have been shut down. So um, the senior center is no longer open. Uh, We watched a a press conference with Boulder County health officials um, Friday, maybe. Um, They stated that the most effective way to prevent a rapid increase in the number of COVID-19 infections is to limit social contact. Keep this in mind when considering church attendance or any other type of people gathering. At this point, we have canceled Celebrate Recovery, 
Wednesday morning's women's Bible study and then the the women's uh, ministry breakfast that was supposed to take place yesterday. Obviously, we plan to have Sunday school and worship today. And then I said, if you plan to attend, please keep in mind and plan to practice the precautions that the CDC recommends. As information, media attention, and fear grow, I want want to remind our church family that our first response to the unknown of the virus is to trust in the Lord. Ultimately, he is the one who will see us through and can guard our hearts against fear, worry, or panic. Finally, this is a serious situation that our world is dealing with, and we need to be praying and seeking God's help for healing and guidance. And then I, I shared these verses from Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Amen. And um, because this is a fluid situation, um, uh, I'll be monitoring the news and whatever comes down from those in authority over us. And uh, we'll do our best to communicate with you. Uh, the church body, and let you know where we are at on on getting together next Sunday or any other co- types of um, church gatherings that have been planned. Um, I think what we do need to do, and we talked about this in our Sunday school class this morning, is kind of have our at- antennas up. We're instructed in the body of Christ that our first concern is for others in the body of Christ. We need to be aware of caring for each other. So if you know of people in the body who may be self-quarantined or something like that are not getting out and need assistance of some kind, and we'll put this out via email uh, or on the prayer chain or whatever we can do to communicate that, we would encourage them to call the church office and then we will find a way to get whatever assistance they need to them. Um, What is our attitude and outlook? Well, I think you're evidence of that today. You showed up. And um, we don't want to be unwise, but we don't want to live in fear either. Amen? Um, here's, here's another passage of Scripture that I look to in times that are difficult. This is the first, these are the first three verses of Psalm 46. And the psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, and this is, this is serious stuff he talks about. Though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters ro- roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. Have you ever thought about that? Though the earth give way. You know, what would happen if we threw a mountain into the sea? That would be serious business. Yeah, there'd be tidal waves like we've never seen before. And the psalmist says, even when things like that happen, I will not be afraid. And folks, that's the message to us right now. We need not be afraid. 
Um, well, I think that's all that I wanted to touch base on. Um, do you have any questions for me this morning? Uh, I, I'm planning on being here tonight. You know, uh, we meet in the fellowship hall. We can spread out if we need to want to keep our six foot distance. I notice that we don't seem to be overly stressed about that this morning, but we're able to do that. So I'm planning. I think prayer is a really important thing. I think we need to keep praying. So I'm planning on prayer time tonight. Yes. Thank you. Good question. It's canceled. Yeah, the luncheon, the welcome lunch today that we planned after church is canceled. Yes. I just wanted to make a comment. When, when somebody in our congregation comes across your mind that has self-isolated, um, you know, just take that as a, a call to phone them or send a note. Because we have a lot of elderly people that have self-isolated. And it can be a really lonely, lonely existence when you think about being like in your house for four weeks, really. So... We don't have anything formally planned, but you you have a, a church phone book, and I just think we need to be calling. And we don't even know who those people are necessarily at this point. Who, I mean, we know a number of our folks have stayed away from worship service today. We don't know if they've actually chosen to self-isolate or not. And hopefully, yeah, yeah, we're not able to go like uh, we can't go to life care right now where Vi and Lynn are. Um, they've um, said no outside people can only the workers and people like that can come in. So there are some of those things that have taken place. And and if you know of someone or God brings someone to your heart, be sensitive to his leadership in that regard and reach out to them in some way to let them know that we're thinking of them and and they're not forgotten during this time. We can do our best. Um, like I said, it's hard to know at this point unless people tell us. I guess we can ask, you know, if you've uh, determined to, to self, self-quarantine or something like that, you can let us know, and then we'll have a better idea of who we might need to be able to reach out to. Okay. Pardon? Yeah, you're used to it. Okay, Gail, um, we, uh, I said we're, t- we're taking a total different, totally different direction uh, today. Um, I think, did you, were you guys able to load the, the different scripture? Super. Um, go ahead, Gail, and read our scripture passage that we'll be paying attention to this morning then. There is strength in numbers. Sometimes it's not big numbers, but there's strength in numbers. And there's a reason why if you have a ribbon in your Bible to mark your place, it's a flexible ribbon. I was going to talk to you about a sycamore tree this morning, but there's another tree in our scripture So all is not lost. It doesn't matter much that Zechariah is one name out of 155 
proper names in the Bible that start with Z. It doesn't matter today, but we can go on. Thank you for this opportunity. Sure. If you want to stay seated, you may. If you want to stand, you may. And uh, I appreciate the efforts of the fellows to provide the, the scripture here. But I'm going to read it anyhow. Habakkuk 3.17 Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. The word of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Gail. Um, Well, uh, the the title I've given to what I want to share with you today is Scriptural Wisdom for Troubling Times. And um, I think we could all agree that this would fit that description. And we all have troubles from time to time. Personally, it's not always a national or international thing. Um, But you know you've got trouble when... Okay, we, we need to start with a little lighter moment, okay? You know you've got trouble when you wake up face down on the pavement. I actually hoped that that would be how I went. It was face down on the pavement. I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, you know you've got trouble when you call suicide prevention and they put you on hold. When you see a 60 Minutes news team waiting in your office. Your birthday, your birthday cake collapses from the weight of the candles. You turn on the news and they're showing emergency routes out of the city. Your twin forgets your birthday. You wake up, you wake up to discover that your waterbed broke and then you realize you don't have a waterbed. <laughs> uh, the scripture that we read from today that Gail read for us gives us guidance on how we are to respond during troubling times. Um, now, you notice that as he read the scripture, it talked a lot about agriculture. Um, this was directed to Judah. The prophet Habakkuk was speaking to Judah. Um, and it was an agrarian society. Um, and their agriculture could be divided into permanent crops, fruit trees, olive trees, grape vines, and annual field crops like wheat and barley. Uh, neither the permanent nor the annual crops are going to yield anything, this scripture tells us. There are no figs on the fig trees, no grapes on the vines. Um, the wheat and barley crops have failed. Um, and the final two items uh, are the flocks and the cattle, that is the sheep and the cows. All the livestock, all the livestock are dying off. Uh, not a good situation if you're an agrarian society, and that's absolutely what you depend on. And so the prophet here 
sees a time of economic depression when the fields, the flocks, the figs, and the fruit will be destroyed. Um, if we put that, this verse into contemporary language, we might say, and this, uh, I think was it, wasn't in 2008, we saw something like this. The banks are failing. All my investments have lost money. By the way, with what's been happening with the stock market recently, people might be concerned about that as well. Um, you know, major corp company corporations are going out of business. People are losing their jobs. Prices continue to go up. My income is going down. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. What's wrong with you? So, point one today is this. In troubling times, we must rejoice and be thankful. In troubling times, we must rejoice and be thankful. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, Our troubles can nearly all be traced to our persistence and looking at the, immediately, at the immediate problems themselves instead of looking at them in the light of God. And someone else, this is from the preacher's commentary, said this, When God becomes the all-consuming reality, our problems begin to take their proper perspective in relation to his greatness and ability to handle them. Fit right in with the words of that song today. Habakkuk says, even when the simplest sign of God's favor is absent, even then he would still rejoice in him. And the rejoice, this word rejoice, this was back in the Hebrew times, not the Greek. The word rejoice literally meant to jump for joy. All right? Boy, start jumping for joy and then see what people think of you right now. The word joy literally means to spin around in. Whoopee! That's what he's talking about. Habakkuk may not have been able to understand God's ways, but he could stand on God's word. He may not have been able to trace God's plan, but he could trust God's providence and let it, and it led to triumphing with God's praise. In other words, he understood that God was still in control. So, um, he said, I will choose to do. I will choose to rejoice. It was a matter of his will. Isn't it? We can choose to get caught up in the hype and the media coverage. of. Did I? Uh, I, I shared this in Sunday school this morning. Um, Aaron Vogel, who runs the gym athletic training thing, sent me a link to um, something that said, uh, I forget the name, of, uh, I've got it right here, just a second. Information is beautiful. And uh, it gives all this information about the coronavirus. Um, and, you know, it talks about the death rates compared to other epidemics we've dealt with. Um, it, it talks about how infectious this is compared to some of the other epidemics we've dealt with. The news really isn't as bad 
as you think it is. Now, I'm not saying don't be cautious. We need to be. But a lot of it has to do with we have heard so very much about this. It is constant. We're being bombarded with it. I don't have the, I wish I had to save this one chart. It talked about, um, it talked about SARS, MERS, the bird flu, and some of those things that have, we've been impacted by in recent years, and how many times the media around the world addressed those issues. And I would say like MERS, SARS, bird flu was in the millions. Okay? Already, when this was put out on March 13th, coronavirus had been mentioned in the media worldwide 2.1 billion times. And you wonder why people are freaked out about this. We have to choose to rejoice. It's a matter of will. Someone said, I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. No matter what happened, Habakkuk had already made a deliberate choice to rejoice. And notice the domain of his rejoicing. He was going to rejoice in the Lord. He was going to rejoice. He was not rejoicing in his circumstances, but over them by rejoicing in the Lord. In the Lord, when he has nothing else, and there was nothing else. Remember, he ticked them all off. This is gone, this is gone, this is gone, this is gone. He rejoices in the Lord. When he has nothing else, he still has the Lord. Yes, we do. When I can't rejoice in my situation, I can always rejoice in my sovereign God. And, and that's what Habakkuk chooses to do. He, he resolves to delight and triumph in God. And folks, it is sensible to do that. Think about that. If, if a man loses three quarters of what he has, it may be natural to grieve over what he has lost, but it is more sensible to rejoice over what he has left. Boy, doesn't that tend to be our focus sometimes? Oh, it's gone. We still have this, but oh, it's gone. When you, when you rejoice in what you have left, you have all that you need. When you rejoice in what you have left, you have all that you need. First Thessalonians 5, 8 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus, even now. The second point. In troubling times, we must learn a new level of contentment. In troubling times, we must learn a new level of contentment. By the way, that word learn is key here. It's not automatic. It's a, it's a lesson we have to learn. Philippians 4, 11 through 13, the Apostle Paul Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything 
through Christ who gives me strength. See, it's a matter of redefining what we need, isn't it? That's part of our problem is um, overly blessed Americans in a material sense. What we think we need is a problem sometimes, isn't it? Uh, what we think we need is sometimes only a dream for people who live in third world countries. They know what they really need. Second Corinthians 9.8 And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at, that, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. We may need to change our view of what we need. Amen? Third thought, in troubling times, we must wait on the Lord. In troubling times, we must wait on the Lord. Lamentations, I don't quote from Lamentations very often, 3.21 through 26, and this is from the New Living Translation. Yet I, will, I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. There I will, therefore I will hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who depend on Him, to those who search for Him. So it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. God is the one who saves us through all of this, isn't He? Psalm 33, verse 20, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. That was Psalm 33, 20. Then Isaiah 30, 18. Isaiah 30, 18. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. And then Isaiah 64, verse 4. Isaiah 64, verse 4. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. That's us. Should be us. Amen. So what does it mean to wait? Talk about waiting on the Lord. Well, it can mean to look forward expectantly or to hold back expectantly. Wait also means to attend as a servant. Remember when we... We call them servers now, but we used to call them waiters and waitresses in restaurants. They were waiting on us. So what does it mean? Well, we look forward to expectantly, expectantly to what God is going to do through this. Right? Yeah. And we continue to wait. We continue to attend. We continue to serve. Amen. Well, this is a great opportunity to serve one another in the church and maybe right in the neighborhood where you live. Folks, this is a wonderful opportunity. I know we can't hug them and kiss them and shake hands with them. 
but it's a wonderful way to make verbal and maybe even visual contact with people in your neighborhood or who are hiding out in fear because of everything they're hearing in the media. We need to wait on the Lord and we need to wait on others in these days. And then, number four, in troubling times, we must, and you can say this as often as you want, pray, pray, pray. In troubling times, we must pray, pray, pray. And let me give you some advice on how you pray. You pray thankfully. May you focus on the quarter you've got left, not on the three quarters that are gone. Thank you, Lord. Right? Expect to learn. God never takes us through difficult circumstances that he doesn't want us to learn something through. In fact, he's, a part of what he wants us to learn is those character-building things. Hope and perseverance. All right, those kinds of things. Endurance. The Lord probably has a spiritual lesson that outweighs the current problem. And he'll teach us if we allow him the opportunity. Number three, acknowledge the Lord as sovereign. In your prayers, acknowledge the Lord as sovereign. We are under the Lord's care all the time, everywhere. We should acknowledge it and take comfort in it. Number four, pray for God to be exalted through this crisis. Isn't that the desire of our hearts? You know, that uh, Ben Carson, um, in, in the, did he, you see the press conference last night? I know you did, Julie, because I was watching it with you. But. <laughs> ben Carson spoke about that. He said, we need to pray. I don't care what faith you're from, we need to look to God. In this time, we need to pray to God, pray for God to be exalted through this crisis. And number five, we need to keep hope in a world that tends to be hopeless. And we need to pray that God will instill that in our hearts. We radiate hope. Here's a good prayer from Isaiah again from 33 verse 2. Oh, Lord. Be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning. Our salvation in time of distress. And he's faithful, isn't he? Um, Verse 19 of our uh, scripture passage today. um, Let me share that with you again. Habakkuk 3. Habakkuk. Three. I don't know what you guys call him. I call him Habakkuk. Heard a guy call Philemon Philemon once. Sounds all wrong to me, but he said, prove that's not the way to pronounce it. And I couldn't, so. The sovereign Lord is my strength. This is verse 19. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. The deer was able to traverse the roughest, steepest terrain with ease. They tended to live in those high, inaccessible places 
above the activities of people. Habakkuk is telling us that God is able to help us live above the troubling circumstances of our world. Just like the deer, we can ascend the heights. Habakkuk was teaching us that we can live by faith. Can't we? One night a house caught fire and a young boy was forced to flee to the roof. The father stood on the ground below with outstretched arms calling to his son, Jump, I'll catch you. He knew the boy had to jump to save his life. All the boy could see was the flame, the smoke, and the blackness. As, you can, as can be imagined, he was afraid to leave the roof. His father kept yelling, jump, I'll catch you. The boy protested, daddy, I can't see you. The father replied, but I can see you, and that's all that matters. In our time of trial, we may not be able to see the Lord, but the Lord can still see us. In our time of tragedy, we may not be able to see the Lord, but the Lord can still see us. In our time of tribulation, we may not be able to see the Lord, but the Lord can still see us. And that's all that matters. Someone wrote this poem. Faith came singing into my room and other guests took flight. Fear, anxiety, grief and gloom sped out into the night. I wondered that such a peace could be, but faith said gently, don't you see, they really cannot live with me. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Father, you are faithful. You are good. I, I, I love that verse that says, The Lord God of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. You are on the job. You've not taken a break. You're not on vacation. You've not turned your back on us. You know what's happening. And we need to put our faith in you. And we need to talk, walk as people of faith. With joy and with hope and with peace and with care and concern for others who may be fearful and hiding, and in panic. Oh God, what an opportune time. What an opportune time. May we truly be the church in these days. The church as you've called us to be. A people with love for Jesus and love for others. Looking for ways to share the good news, the light of Christ, into dark places. And we ask these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Well, a reminder.